and welcome to this week's episode of the Making It in Asheville podcast. This is your podcast for all things Asheville entrepreneurs, creators, makers, community leaders. Each week we sit down on this podcast and we ask someone from the community what they are making and how they are making it in Asheville so that you can see the many ways that people are making it right here in Asheville. And this week, we have a very special guest, a, a guest that I'm very so excited. I feel like I, I, I've read more words from this guest than any guest in the 80-something episodes that we've had so far. Brooke Boland works at AVL Today. And if you don't know AVL Today, well, we're going to get into it in this episode, but you should. Like it's, it is like, you know, uh, Reddit is the front page of the internet. I think like AVL Today is the front page of Asheville. And so each morning we open up our, Sarah and I, our inboxes and we read AVL Today and we find out what's going on in the city. And so it is so exciting to have uh, Brooke here to talk through her story, tell us a little bit more about what's going on at AVL Today. Brooke, can you please uh, say hello and, and introduce yourself to the, to the podcast? Hey, absolutely. Uh, it is an honor to be here. I'm so super excited. Uh, my name is Brooke Boland. I'm an editor with AVL Today. And as you were mentioning, um, we, we do a daily newsletter Monday through Friday. Uh, we aggregate local news and we also include original content in every newsletter. And it tickles my soul that you have read more of my words than anybody's. <laughs> uh, that's just like the greatest thing I've heard today and in, in a minute. And I can't wait to tell all my friends that you said that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm an editor with AVL today and I'm constantly trying to, to stay abreast of what is going on in our beautiful little mountain town. And and you, let me just say, you do an excellent job of that. Uh, it is, some people's, in, a, in a episodes in the past, we talk about like first languages uh, and the way that people will communicate, uh, thinking back to the episode with Coco, where it's like, is your first language dance? Is it, uh, is it design? Is it photography? What is your first language? Uh, it is not, easy to write well, to write clearly, to write concisely, to write where there's a uh, cl clarity that there was a human that put those words on the page. And every morning, there's so much clarity and so much humanity. And so uh, congratulations, you do you and the team do a wonderful job. How big is this team? Because the content is prolific. <laughs> and Monday to Friday, it doesn't stop. I mean, it's like, a, it's a proper modern day news room it seems but it doesn't seem like it's a big team yeah it it i think you're right um it's just the two of us generally wow. speaking uh we do have an intern right now and goodness gracious thank goodness for her because she is a lifesaver a lot of the time but yeah it's a two-person team job um one of us will write the newsletter for the next day while the other one handles the inbox and the social media wow and it's a lot. It's it's a lot of fun. It's always going. It's fast paced, and there's honestly never a dull moment. I I hear that and I believe it. <laughs> um, so let's talk. Let's talk about AVL today. Today, let's assume that uh, someone doesn't know what is AVL today. We are <clears throat> we are a hyper local news source. Mm -hmm. So we we aggregate the news and we also curate it. So just because, you know, a major news company that's local or even national mentions us, uh, we don't necessarily include that unless we think that it's going to be relevant to our readers. So, you know, I, I am a Western North Carolina native, uh, born and bred. And my new co-editor is a Floridian which I do not hold this against her. <laughs> I, was gonna um, say. I know when I see her, she's going to be like, really, you said that? <laughs> um, no, I'm, but she, uh, she's lived here for several years. And so together she and I work to create this newsletter where we try to really offer up a balance of news that we think is going to be relevant for our community. So we always want to keep people informed, but we also want to be really mindful of the news that we're sharing. So we try to stay positive with it, you know, and, always offer our readers. We, one of the things that I really love about the Asheville market is that people are very civic minded and they mm. want to be involved in different causes. And so we always try to give our readers the opportunity to pursue ways to support causes and organizations that they, that they're interested in. So that's um, 
I feel like I may have lost where I was going with that, but, but that's, that's what we do. And that's what we, we try to do every day. And, and just to, and I'll put a caveat or a, a, a extra parameter on it. And it seems that you're email first, right? So as far as the medium, uh, <laughs> the way that you are communicating most often is in email. You also have an incredible website loaded with resources, but uh, first and foremost, when people think of where they should store you in their mind, it's in their email inbox. Absolutely. Yeah. Our newsletter goes out. Um, we're owned by a company called 6AM, which is named after the fact that our newsletters go out at 6AM. Great name. So I know when I, before I started working here, when I just was a subscriber and just somebody that just read the daily newsletter, I would, it was always the highlight of my morning. You know, I, it was my little alone time before my daughter wakes up and I get to have my coffee hmm. and find out what's going on in the day. And so uh, that's that's one thing that I really love about it is that we have so many readers tell us, you know, I start my day with you and you help me kind of plan my day and plan my week out. And so I, I really love I know it, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I really love, you know, being able to share that coffee time with people because I don't know about y'all, but I wake up and I'm like, I need coffee. I go to bed <laughs> thinking about coffee. I wake up thinking about coffee. I need my coffee. And so then I'm getting my news and it's just this beautiful little, you know, we try to be, you know, five minutes or less, like just the high points of what people need, get it in, get it done, you yeah. know, get you on your day. And, and it, I mean, it's a lot, but it does, it, it's, it's written in such a way that it's highly digestible, right? So I, I have, uh, I work with like sales folk and oftentimes one of the first biggest, most important thing to coach through is like what an email should look like if you want someone to read it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and an email should not look like paragraphs of text. Uh, it should have headers. It should have bullets. There should be, you know, like skimmable. And then if I want to stop and slow down, I, I can. And so you have so much content, so much information packed. And you said five minutes. I think that's fair. Um and if you wanted to read every single word and like scrutinize, it might be six minutes. But like you could probably just fly through, you know, you could fly through, click on a couple links that you want, and then you're, you're off to the races. Enjoy your coffee. Uh, today's going to be a good day. How, how many other uh, 6 a.m. cities are there? Let's see. We have nine, I believe. We just, uh, we just launched a new market in Nashville. Cool. And we are about to open another one in Richmond, Virginia. Wow. wow. So, yeah, it's it's very exciting to yeah. see the way we're spreading. So, the, I mean, the model seems to be working. I I I've believed in hyperlocal. I think that in in a very uh, commoditized world, right, the answer is to be more specific, right? To to kind of carve out a little niche and and build relationships where uh, people tend to think in transactions. And so uh, how long have you been working on the Asheville uh, AVL today? Let's see. I started here in, it'll be, uh, it's about a year and a half, I think. Wow. Started in November of 2019. Yeah. And it's just been a sprint since, because that's like, you know, two months later, a pandemic started. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a really interesting time to really get my get my feet under me and um and to see that the way that our whole market has shifted, you know, like we've all gone remote, um, and and we've all really had to when the pandemic was you know, last year when the pandemic was really really like hardcore happening, we all really had to shift and and shift so much of our focus on news and and like build a a whole website dedicated to coronavirus information, you know, to keep up with closures and, you know, everything that was happening. And, um, it was a lot and I'm, I'm really proud of of how we did it and how my, the whole company and all my, my other sister markets did. Yeah. So, uh, help us get a sense of what, what a day looks like in, uh, in, in the modern newsroom right I, I imagine people are sending at this point tons of hey can you post about this i'm opening this we're launching this uh i need help with this <laughs> in, into your inbox so a lot of it sounds like it might be triage but like how what is what does a day look like for, for you at avl today 
you know, uh, it, it's it, like I said before, it, it's always going really fast and we do get a ton of emails and we respond to all our emails. Um, wow. So, so whoever the social editor is on that day, they're the ones handling the inbox and, and there's a lot of, a lot of responding to do, but a, a typical day will start um, about officially at nine, but we usually start earlier and we all that all the editors and all the markets will have a meeting talk about kind of um, if there's any shared content that we're going to be running across markets. Um, you know, like today is national sibling day. And so uh, several markets ran the same piece about introducing their readers to, to the different cities that we have. So like, you know, a reader in Columbia, South Carolina would be able to read about Chattanooga and Asheville and, you know, all the sister markets. Um, and then we just kind of spend all day going through what we're going to put in the next day's newsletter. You know, what can wait, what cannot wait. Um, and then the bulk of it is really going to be like what our original content is. Mm. Um, Cause the rest of the, you know, the news, the news information that we include that we call our news notes, those are the ones that we aggregate from different media sources. But but the, 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 I think the main focus is, is on the original content that we produce. So, and then depending on, you know, like we might have a plan for what, what we're going to do, but then if some breaking news happens, uh, you know, then we have to, to shelve it and, and jump on that really quick to get that ready to go at 6am and, you know, mm. to go out by 6am the next morning. So it's, it's hectic and it's fun and it's exciting and it's, it's a lot of work and, and it's, it's just, you know, something I feel really proud of and really happy to be a part of. What time do you target having the next day's email scheduled? Scheduled? Is I mean, is it scheduled or is someone up at 5.30 finalizing oh. setting? Well, I mean, I'm up at 5.30, but I'm usually just having coffee then. Um, we schedule it to go out at 6 a.m. every day. So, But like, you know, for instance, like a couple of weeks ago when the city council met to discuss what the fate of the Vance monument was going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to stay up, <clears throat> excuse me. I had to stay up and listen to that and comb through that and get that written and then get it edited and then get it scheduled. And, you know, that was a really late night for me. I think, mm. I think I was up until like 11 or so, wow. um, you know, with my teammate making sure, you know, going behind me editing, making sure I got all my facts straight, making sure I didn't, you know, put a weird <laughs> emoji somewhere, you know, just, yeah. So, 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 you know, some days are like a really like a nine to five and okay. some days are really like a, like a nine to nine, yeah. you know, it just, it just depends. In the year 2014, I cut my hand open trying to do something fancy and open a bottle of beer. That little cut happened three o'clock in the morning. My only option was to go to a hospital in New York City. That quick trip got me four or five stitches. Those five stitches cost me about $1,000 each, maybe a little more. I paid off that hospital visit for years, and it made me never want to go to a hospital again. And so when we heard about Range Urgent Care in Asheville, who has a very convenient uh, model, once that says, show up anytime, book ahead of time, and you will be seen when we say that we would see you. Uh, they do virtual visits, they do home visits, and they have a pricing model that is consistent, 149 every time you come in. And you can go in for anything that's not proper emergency care, 149 every single visit for x-rays, for stitches, for uh, a checkup. You can you can go and not have to mortgage your home to pay off the treatment. How about that? Sounds amazing. Where would you go to learn more about this? You'd go to makingitinashville.com forward slash range. We have links to a number of range subscription options. I subscribe to a single person's uh, subscription plan. It costs me $30 a month and I love it. It gives me peace of mind. And I know that I will not go bankrupt if I ever cut my hand in the middle of the night trying to open up a bottle of beer. Rangeurgentcare.com or makingitinashville.com forward slash range to learn more about these plans. So I'm going to, I'm going to say five unless it's crazy, which is a lot. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot full stop. And then, uh, when, 
what what tools like how are you so you're saying that you're 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 juggling back and forth between a content focused day and a uh, i'll call it so, so is it the other role like social media focused yeah right exactly. so bouncing back and forth i imagine there's opportunities for things to fall between the cracks uh are you living in like a, a sauna or a trello or a, like where where do your your news article you know live and you make selections what kind of tool organization system might you run this seemingly incredibly complex system off of uh we did recently start using asana okay so that's really helpful um we use a, a mailchimp yep to schedule our newsletter i know we're fixing to to shift into a different if that's a, is that a content management system? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm like, whatever techie platform for email. Yeah. It, 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 it seems yeah. like you guys are, are, are juicing MailChimp for probably as much as it's, it's <laughs> capable of right now. It, the, the, the one thing is that, you know, it's a, it seems to me is that it would be a single, you know, uh, campaign email sent daily versus like a very complex, uh, email automation system like an e-commerce brand might have. Uh, so it it seems like you, you, as far as my guess is concerned, MailChimp uh, solved for what you needed for a while. But once you're starting to think about different cities participating and doing more uh, complex marketing things, I'd be interested to see where you go next. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, I think that the thing that we're, we're going to move to is called Sail Through. Yeah. Um, I don't, again, uh, we haven't done it yet. I don't know much about it. They just say it's supposed to be like more efficient and easier to use than MailChimp. So I have no, I have no firsthand experience, but I've been on that page a lot. It looks, it looks very clean. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, and so, so Asana, are you you Slack? We talked about Slack slightly before the call. seems like you might be live chatting all day with a remote team. Oh yeah. We are all in constant contact on Slack because you know, even though the markets are different, we all create a daily newsletter. We all run into similar problems. Um, and, and so, yeah, every market we are, we are talking all day long on Slack, Wow, which is really helpful. Yeah. And for the, the, the paid media, paid advertise, uh, paid media, paid advertisement, uh, what is the, is that like, what, what, roles are owned or responsibilities are like HQ handles that right? uh, versus or your responsibilities for your market. Um, can you rephrase that? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, so I like, sure I, I imagine that, that there's some sort of uh, efficiencies that uh, you mentioned at, potentially that there might be like an edit. If like a single editor worked mm-hmm. for 6am and they helped, clarify content or give you a thumbs up like what are there any roles that are from six that are managed by 6 a.m versus roles that you have for your team oh um i'm i think that they're if i'm understanding you correctly i think that they're all managed by 6 a.m um yeah um, yeah, that's not a great question. So I, I guess what I'm, I'm wondering, uh, what I was, what I was attempting to ask is, uh, is that you, you all are now like so, I, I would say, ingrained in the average Asheville person's life that you know, uh, you, you're doing cool things in your email, like the marketer sales brain that I have. I'm like, ooh, refer a friend, like get a coffee mug. That's neat, right? Like, and then I'm like, oh, you know, you could be, you could have this banner headline, right, as like an advertising location. Ooh, that's neat. And I'm wondering, is that also on your plate as like a responsibility? Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> no, thank goodness. No. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that seems like those are very different parts of yeah. a brain to to have to handle all of that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I'm so thankful that that's not something I have to handle. All, all I'm responsible for is producing content, you know, in the newsletter and on the website and on social media pages. Love it. Um, yeah, I'm very happy. I don't have to do any sort of money wrangling or any of that. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. So, and then uh, I think that that's a perfect place to be. This is where we are now. How did this happen? Where did this come from? Have you always like? Have you always had a blog? Uh, what 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 are the steps that got you into this role in November of 2019? Ah, well, let's see. Um, so I grew up in Lenore, North Carolina, um, which is a couple counties east of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the at the foot of, uh, I grew up at the foot of Grandfather Mountain, um, and. Uh, I always wanted to be a writer, uh, but I didn't really know how to do that. Um, everybody in my family, I've come from a very working class background. Um, lots of mechanics, lots of my daddy let laid carpet for a living. Um, my mama works at Walmart. Um, you know, so, well, when I was growing up, my parents owned a floor covering business in town. And so my daddy did carpet and my mama sold it. And my parents were always telling me they wanted me to take over. And I was like, (laughs) that's rich. That ain't happening. Um, so I want to go to college, you know? And so I went to UNC Asheville and I grad and I majored in sociology and women's studies. Hmm. And I was, I started dating a guy whose sister was like a professor and his stepdaddy was a professor and I thought oh cool I'll be an academic because I love school and I love this and it'll be great and then I get there and it just wasn't it just wasn't going to be my scene I figured that out pretty quick um but I knew I, I got to have some writing experience and that was really cool but it was hard for me because I didn't have any I didn't have it there was no frame of reference for me <clears throat> when I looked at my family for how to navigate college, Mm -hmm. you know, like I did great with my grades and I loved classes, but I just didn't, I just didn't, I didn't have the support network or the, the background of like, it was just really foreign for my, Mm -hmm. for my family. They didn't understand how to support me. And I didn't understand, you know, what all I might need. I just knew that I wanted to be there. And so once I graduated from UNC Asheville and I thought that I was going to be an academic, I went to NC state for a hot second and that was not going to, I didn't Raleigh, me and Raleigh didn't get along. Um, and so then I, then I figured out that I didn't, I should go to a different graduate school. So I went to Georgia state and I pursued my, my, my master's in women's studies and I had some family problems and I, wound up leaving before I finished my degree and I moved back home to take care of my mama who had gotten really sick. And, um, so I don't remember how sometime in graduate school, somebody told me about freelance writing. Hmm. And I remember I was like, I was like, you can just, people will pay you to write things. And, uh, and it just kind of blew my mind. And I got, I, I worked as a freelancer for probably 15 years and if you could write it, I have written it. I've done copywriting. I've done rant writing. Um, and, and I think when you, at least for me, when you're able to make money doing something that you want to do, you don't really care. I, I didn't care what I was writing about. I just wanted to write. Uh, and I felt really privileged to be able to do that. Um, and I moved to... Fancy Gap, Virginia, uh, which is where my daddy's from, which is a tiny little town across the North Carolina line. Uh, my husband and I had, we had a daughter and Atlanta is incredibly expensive and mm. I lost my job. And so my daddy said, well, why don't you go live in your granddaddy's trailer? It's empty. And I said, all right, you know, it can't beat the rent. It's free. <laughs> uh, and so we went and we lived there for a year and a half. And that's when I was, I came across a job posting for assistant editor for WNC magazine. Huh. And I remember I was so pumped when I, when I saw it on my phone, I remember going out in the living room and holding it up and showing it to my husband and being like, this is my job. Like, this is my job. And I applied for it and I got that job and I loved it. And I was there for almost two years. And that's when I saw the, the job call for AVL today. And, um, and I, and I called, I like immediately emailed the editor, my old co-editor, Allie McGee at the time she was there. And, um, and I was like, yo, I saw this 
job posting in your email newsletter today. And I really, I got to get this job, like, give me the deep. And, um, and so she was like, yeah, you know, apply, whatever. And so I applied and, and interviewed and, and I, I wanted to work at AVL today in part so badly because Allie had actually been a freelance writer for me when I worked at WNC magazine. And I just thought she was the smartest, coolest, like, so just, I'm, I'm still to this dumb today, still like so crushed out on her cause she's so smart and she's just kind of like everything I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, I need to work with this girl. And, uh, and so I got to do that for a year and change and it was, it was just amazing and wonderful. And I learned so much from her and, and yes, yeah, she's my friend and she's great. And that's how, that's how I got this job. Long story short, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was, so I couldn't like, I, it was, it was a thrill ride. I couldn't ask for you to stop at any point. Uh, but there are so many points that I did. I, I have questions about and, I think through that, uh, there was a single thread of loving to write. It, it might be hard to ask someone who loves to write to answer this out loud, perhaps without thinking about it. But like, what can you put words to why writing? Like, what about the medium? What about the, the practice? Why does it mean so much to you? Um, I think... I think that it's my way of being creative. Like um, I can't dance, you know, so I could never like express myself that way. I can't uh, paint. I don't have those skills, you know, Um, but, but damn, I can, I can put a damn word down, Um, you know, Uh, and, and, and I love it. And that's, that's how I can express myself. That's, that it means something to me. And also when I was, you know, my granddaddy was, was illiterate. Um, I mean, he, he could read like a phone book a little Mm. bit, you know, but like I can remember being little and my granddaddy would bring over a phone book and say, you know, what's this say, what's his address or whatever. And, um, you know, my, my granddaddy couldn't read hardly at all. Mm. And when I was in graduate school, I had, I learned, you know, I just kind of got introduced to all this stuff, all these theories and ideas and fancy stuff that doesn't really exist for working class kids. And I remember I had a professor that that said, like, if you can't explain a topic or a theory or something, if you can't figure out how to explain that in a way that, like, you know, maybe your grandmother could understand, then you don't have any business writing about it. And just thinking about like people like my granddaddy who have literacy problems, um, just, just being able to make information accessible to them means a lot to me. And so when you said that, you know, we write really clearly that that's a huge compliment to me. That means a ton to me, you know, because that's just how, that's a way to communicate with people. And Everybody can't understand my accent, but everybody can understand <laughs> my writing. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, uh, I think, well, yes, I, they can definitely understand <laughs> your writing. I'll go that way. Definitely understand your writing. And I, I, I agree with you. I, there's a couple tools that I've used in the past. Grammarly, you, you might want to take it or leave it, especially as a professional. Um, but have you heard of the Hemingway app or the Hemingway writer. So we'll find the link. We'll put it in the show notes. But there's a, the concept is that uh, Hemingway wrote to like a third grade literacy level, right? Like mm-hmm. it was intentional. It was, mm-hmm. it was present tense. It was no adverbs or adjectives. I don't even know, right? Like that's not how my mind doesn't work in grammar, uh, but no Lee's. You didn't say Lee. You said the better version of the verb. Like aggressively, he would just, you know, uh, is not how he would say it or uh, very, you don't say very something, you say a a simple word. Uh, And so anyway, there's an app that'll take your writing and tell you that you are writing with too much complexity. Your sentences are too long. Your uh, word choice is strange or you're trying too hard. Uh, And the goal would be to lower your reading competency that is required to understand what you're saying uh and so it is truly probably my my 
best compliment that I can give someone is that you write very simply. Like I think of uh, Paolo Coelho, like the, the alchemist. Part of the reason why people love that book is because everyone can follow that book. <laughs> like yeah. every sentence is the, and it's translated, which is blows my mind. So how beautifully was it written in the, in the first language? But it's like part of the beauty of the alchemist is that every sentence is so stinking simple and, and direct. And so to have that gift, uh, is a, is a, is a superpower and it is not, it is not like bestowed upon you from the heavens. It takes a lot of time and practice. And so what, uh, you said 15 years of freelance writing, but do you write for fun? Do you do you journal? What does your writing practice look like? Yeah, I do journal. Um, I have, uh, I think probably like every writer in the world, I've got my, my memoir that's just trying to rip its way out of my person. Uh, and I have been writing on that very slowly. Um, but normally I will do my own personal writing in the evenings. Once I get my daughter in bed Mm. and try to take like an hour or so, maybe sit here and have a glass of wine. And, uh, the, the worst, the hardest thing I think is giving yourself permission to be crappy, you know, Mm. When you first get, it's so hard to get started because even if nobody else is reading what you're writing, you know, and you're just trying to get started and you're, you're tapping and you're going, God, Brooke, that is just garbage. You know, like just shutting yourself up long enough to barf it out and then you can go back and clean it up. Mm. That's, and, and that's still the hardest thing for me at work too. You know, like I'll sit there and fart around for 15 minutes trying to get my intro right. And then I'll just be like, all right, just, just get it down. And then you can come back to it and clean it up later. Everybody does this. You don't suck. That's (laughs) like my daily work mantra, you know, it's a a glamorous job. No, I I, I love it. And I think that you're, you're pointing to something that is so true and it transcends writing, but uh, is maybe even stronger in writing. Uh, A, a, a truism that I've, I've heard and I echo is that, no one has speaker's block. Somebody, you might stutter, right? That might be a way that uh, speaker's block shows up for individuals. But if I asked you, like, if I said, I don't understand what you're saying, like happened a couple minutes ago when I was trying to ask about advertising, uh, I, I have another way to say it. I Give me a second. I'll circle back around. We'll do it again. And so, like, the idea of writer's block is really just you're doing two parts of the writing process at the same time, you're writing and you're editing and you shouldn't do those two at the same time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're totally separate. They, they're best friends, but they, they each have, you know, they're different people. Yeah. Uh, or, or writing and critiquing. Uh, and so, um, do you have, I mean, have you, it seems like it's a, it's a daily practice, right? It, it is like hygiene. You need to practice it daily. But do you have anything other than you don't suck, just keep going, like put the words down? <laughs> Any uh, tips to uh, an aspiring writer or to writers who identify as having writer's block more often than not? I think that uh, another thing that really helps my writing, and I think it helps writers in general, is reading, mm. you know? Um Consuming other written words is really helpful because it inspires you. It helps you see that it can be done. Other people do it. And, you know, it helps you kind of figure out where you want to go or see, you know, sometimes if you have something that you want to write about, you get, you can get so stuck in your head that you can't figure out. There's multiple ways you could go with it, you know, but you can't figure out which direction. And I feel like when you, when you are a reader, it's more, it's easier for you to see how other people are, are kind of journeying through their writing, you know Mm. what I mean? And that helps open up, at least for me, you know, it helps, it helps open up my mind to be like, Oh, I, I could frame it like that. Or, you know, I like how this writer did this by including this sort of example that would apply to me. So I think that reading a lot is really really helpful to make you a good writer. I think writing is obviously vital. Hmm. And I think that just trying to be gentle with yourself is really helpful, you know, cause every, I mean, I don't, I don't know any writers that aren't big, sensitive, tender babies. I'm the biggest baby on earth. 
And when I make a mistake in the newsletter and somebody writes in to tell me about it, it kills my soul. <laughs> but, you know, like I also I'm like, I'm a human. I'm a person. I'm, I'm going to make mistakes as much as it just kills me. It's still going to happen. So I just try to be like, give myself some grace and just try to pump myself up, you know, put on some earth, wind and fire, some Elvis Costello or something, some, some Wu-Tang clan, like give me some music, pump me up, help me believe in myself. And you know, like I, a lot of times I kind of have a little, uh, like an alias when like, if I'm having a really hard day, Brooke can't do this, but you know, Allison can, she is unstoppable. You might have heard Range Urgent Care on our podcast. Husband and wife team lives right here in Asheville, building a better urgent care model. What are they doing? They're making scheduling seamless and straightforward and honest. When they say they'll see you at 4 p.m., you'll be seen at 4 p.m. They make pricing straightforward as well. $149 a visit or less if you subscribe to an annual subscription, which I do, it costs me $30 a month, and I love the peace of mind. But not just that, you don't just get to go in person, you can do virtual visits uh, over your computer or over your phone, and they'll even come to you, they'll do home visits. And to me, I mean, it seems like a absolute no-brainer, you can bring they have family plans. They have business plans. To me, it's a peace of mind thing. It, it makes me feel confident and comfortable knowing that I can see range uh, in my subscription a number of times a year, and it's built into my, my plan. I will not be surprised by a crazy cost, and it is covered by most major insurance policies. So if you haven't heard of Range Urgent Care, I welcome you to check out that episode with the power couple that runs it. You can check out makingitinashville.com forward slash range, makingitinashville.com forward slash range to read more about these subscription options and get links to the range website using our link or using our discount code of making it in Asheville. We'll get you a free month in an annual subscription. Again, range urgent care. You can say that we sent you or visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range. People, p- press rewind for the <laughs> twice. Two 30-second jumps will get you back to the beginning of that. I'm fired up, and I totally agree with what you're talking about. Uh, we don't send as many emails as y'all, and I am not a writer uh, in any professional sense. And And when we get feedback like there were typos, I'm just like, thank you for, re-, you know, thank you for reading. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so, I mean, and thank you for commenting and caring enough to like, I guess, let me know that you caught typos. Uh, but uh, I am all about the uh, alter ego, the second, uh, the second persona, the second identity that you like slip into when you, when, when it's go time. I think that that is, uh, it probably sounds, you know, silly. To, to, to some, but it is, it is a real way to, to unlock like the next level of either output or quality. Uh, and it's as simple as, as, as playing a character for, you know, the next 25 minutes to just be through this draft. Uh, speaking of drafts, it's a concept is when you, when you talk about having multiple routes to, uh, to the conclusion or to, you know, deliver content in any given ways, material, uh, will you write it in multiple versions and just, uh, pick one that is the best afterward? Or, uh, are you at a point now where you're like, you think about it for a second and you're like, Oh, option C is the right way. Let me do it. Both. Okay. And it, and it really just depends on how much time we have in a given day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we have to get a newsletter out, you know, and that's good and bad, you know, like it's, 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 it's helpful in a way to be like, you know what, uh, this just has to get done and it's not perfect and it's not my favorite thing I've ever written, but it's not inaccurate. You know, it's not wrong. It's just, it just might not be what I think is the best thing I ever did. And I still have to, 
I still have to put it out there and I still have to stand behind it. You know, I mean, fortunately, I've never I've never backed myself into a corner where I had to put a newsletter out that I felt just awful about. But, you know, like every convo, you know, that's what we call our original content, the the bulk, like the top of the newsletter. Sure. Every combo is not going to be my favorite combo. Every combo is not going to be the best combo I did, but I just have to, I have to live with that. And, yeah. and that's what we do. Yeah. I, I, I call that uh creativity by constraint, right? Like uh, there's, there's something to be said about making a promise to the, to the universe. And uh, y'all are special because if your email wasn't in someone's inbox, they'd be like, is everything like what happened is today a holiday? Like what, you know, why isn't it there? That's not common, right? For, for the, for the average business owners, email newsletter, it, no one's really waiting, but they, but that's the goal, right? Like, uh, there are a couple newsletters that I can think of that are either daily or, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that if it didn't show up, I, I, I like check to see if it's in the spam filter. Most not. So the fact that, I think that people would care if yours didn't get out, says something. But that constraint of saying, you know, every day at 6 a.m., Monday to Friday, something gets published is, uh, I think, in some ways, freeing. I think that that seems like it would be a lot easier. A lot less excuses happen for why something didn't go out if you have a setup like that versus, oh, well, it's just not ready yet. You know, like I, I think there are a lot of artists who will lean into it's not ready for, you know, public eyes or, you know, I, I'm still we're still mastering. Right. A, a musician might say it still needs a little bit of mastering. I need to get the levels different. And I'm like, put it out there. Like someone's <laughs> going to love it. Yeah. And, the, and uh, Ryan Holiday, does that name mean anything to you? He's an author, uh, wrote a bunch of books on on stoicism, among other uh, concepts. But he wrote a book called The Perennial Bestseller uh, or something similar to that. Uh, And The Perennial Seller. And the idea is that the best thing you can do for this book, this email, is write a good next email. Write a good next book. You want to sell this book? Write another book. And it speaks to the idea of just like be prolific in content and it's a net good in your prolific in content. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it is true. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, you know, your writing practice happens at night. Um, anything has that particularly stands out as shaping you at, as the writer that you are today? Oh, well, um, I mean, absolutely. My childhood, um, you know, I was, I was just a, I just loved her. I was a big bookworm. Mm. I loved this is again, is this is also going to sound cheesy, but you know, uh, you can go anywhere in a book. You know, if you are a little poor girl who family never takes vacations and you've never left the country and you haven't done all these things that your friends have done and you just don't know, you know, like I've learned so I've learned so much through reading. You know, I've experienced things. I know about things that other people know about because they got to go and I read about it. Um, so, so I, absolutely that. Um, and just, just I, like, I just feel like when you, you can just create a whole new world, you know, you can create any world when you write. And I just, I just love that. And yeah, so I think, I think just growing up being a little girl, in the mountains wanting to do big things, Mm -hmm. but not having the means to do that. Um, that, that really shaped me. Any particular books, writers, authors, characters? Uh, Um, with, uh, bell hooks. I love, she is a feminist theorist, uh, Dorothy Allison who wrote, um, Bastard out of Carolina, Alice Walker. Also, uh, not the not the most not the most uh, uplifting topic, but absolutely trauma, like childhood mm. trauma informed 
my my worldview and and my work and and what I want to write about. Um, and I think that that's a thread that you can see in in the writers that I really love and enjoy as well. Um, I don't know if y'all have read Bastard Out of Carolina or uh, The Color Purple. You know, those are two of my absolute favorite books of all time that I've read and read and read and will reread forever. Um, Yeah. So and uh, what's his face? There's a southern I can't Henry shucks i can't think of his name i'm trying to i'm trying to find his yeah the bookshelf that's how my mind works as well i gotta i gotta like look to the bookshelf to to recall certain things um powerful so literature right so for for or that's not all those aren't all literature authors some of those are nonfiction and and real topics is that fair to say yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bell, Bell Hooks is, um, you know, like a, an academic feminist, womanist theorist. Um, I read a lot of her work in graduate school and, mm. um, yeah, she's, and I, you know, I think that her work was really influential to me because she's all about like liberation, um, through teaching, through writing, like helping people, be themselves and be free to be themselves, obviously not looking at like social structures and things that, that help oppress people, but just looking at it at the personal level. Um, that that's really influential. And I think that that's also something that I strive to do in my writing. Um, you know, you, I've, I've written a lot personally about like my experiences with postpartum depression, you know, and had so many women reach out to me and, thank me for, for sharing my, my struggles and, and them tell me about theirs, you know? And Mm. I think that when you're lonely, you can really find connection through reading other people's work. And that's another thing I really love about being a writer and love about writing and reading is that's just a great way to find a community of people, whether it's real, like whether it's in real life or Mm -hmm. not, you know, you're still like making that connection. That's really meaningful. And I, I feel like it's underscored in a pandemic where yeah. you might have been some people's only connection that was consistent and call it loosely normal uh, from before the pandemic, right? Like you mentioned early days of the pandemic being particularly, uh, I don't know what the word choice we had earlier, but like bad you know, when Sarah and I weren't sure what was going on, we didn't really do anything. We didn't leave the apartment. We washed vegetables as they, you know, like, and boxes of stuff sanitizing because that it was so unsure. And to be, uh, you know, a friend or something like an internet friend to so many uh, every morning, that's crazy. That's like a very... Uh, real responsibility as well as opportunity. I'm wondering, last year was a hard year for a lot of reasons. Uh, how did, did your voice grow last year? Did the way that you write, the way that you think about writing change? It seemed to be like one of the more complex years to be a journalist, uh, but that's just me assuming. Um, that's a really great question. I don't know if it changed uh, or if I just felt like I developed a different relationship with it. Um, it was really hard. Like, yeah, I was working at home and also like trying to make sure that my child doesn't flunk out of virtual first grade. <laughs> or set the house on fire or choke on a chicken bone or whatever, you know, number of catastrophes can happen when you have a small child. Mm. Um, so I was doing that. And then the weight of the news just, you know, that, that was really hard on us as, um, Cause you know, you, you, we have to maintain these numbers for people, you know? So we have to like, tell you every day how many people died that is heavy and hard and 
people are writing in to you more than normal. Mm. Um, and that's one really beautiful thing about, about this position and about what we do is we do have like real friends that we have, that we've met through our readers, you know, like we have lunch with some of our readers. Um, we know them, they are, they share their lives with us in emails and stuff. And that's beautiful. Um, and it's hard and it's to, you know, to have so many people write in and say, I'm going to lose my job or I'm going to lose my house. Do you have any leads for me about, you know, food banks or loans or whatever? Um, that was really, really heavy and really, really hard to deal with and definitely had a lot of days where, you know, I just kind of was working from my bed and I would just sit there and be like, I got to take 10 and just sob, mm. you know, cause, cause I, it, it hurts your heart when you, when you know that there's so much pain out there, you know? Um, but then by the same token, it's beautiful because you have people, you know, write in and tell you about things that you did that really helped them. Mm. You know, there was an older man who wrote in and asked us where, where we could get a, where he could get a haircut like a COVID safe haircut, you know, and I looked up some places and sent them to him and he wrote back and sent us a picture of his, you know, fresh haircut. And he's like, I haven't had a haircut in nine months. And, you know, I feel like a new man. And so like when you can really help people and you feel like you have a real, you have really touched them in some way. I think that is just, I feel so lucky to be able to do that. I think that's so beautiful. And Yeah. It, it, it is a special thing. And um, even in the darkest moments, it seemed that you always, the energy in the emails, though at moments perhaps solemn, was always optimistic. Is that intentional? Is that a energy that you, you cho- choose? Is that, am I wrong in making that statement? How, how do you try and how do you try and show up? What is the tone that you try and deliver these emails with? Um, definite, definitely try to be optimistic and maintain positivity wherever possible, you Mm. know? Um, and, and I have definitely written things in the newsletter, you know, especially at the very end where we can really kind of talk to people, you know, and I remember I had one really bad day and, Allie had said like, you know, what do you want to say? You know, what are, what are you going to do this weekend? And cause that, I think it was a, it was a Thursday newsletter going out for Friday morning mm-hmm. and, you know, and she was like, I'm going to say that I'm going to work on my garden or whatever, you know? And I was having a really terrible day and I was like, I'm going to fill up my bathtub with chemist gin and just drink my way out of it. Um, you know, and, and I think like, we did have like, what well, I had one person write in and be like, Brooke, are you okay? <laughs> I was just having a really bad day. I was trying to play it off like, you know, like a joke, but, but definitely, um, definitely trying to, to be mindful and conscious of the fact that this has been a time of just awful loss for so many people. Um, and it, it is, it can be very challenging to try to, to bring some levity, but also recognize the just wild, severity of the situation yeah you know that's a definite that's a fine line yeah and i imagine y'all have transcended any single identity as a readership right like not your audience does not i imagine all look the same though you say whatever you want uh whatever the the demographics of Asheville are i imagine your readership has to be one of the closest to mirror Asheville's demographics that's a guess uh and so that's a lot of potential personality types that could read the same sentence or paragraph and get very different uh responses from those folks uh and so i'm imagining have uh, i don't know has pushback in one way or another or you're not being hard enough or you're not, ha, have you tried to toe a line? Have, has that been challenging? It just, it seems like it would be, it's been challenging for us to try and, um, we, in, we are intentional about our optimism. We are, 
uh, you know, out of towners. We showed up and we said we had an idea and we wanted to try it. And uh, we thought it'd be a great way, if nothing else, to meet people. And it seems like it's also a great way to build community and champion folks in the community. Uh, heard a couple times, not many times, but a couple times, you know, that we're looking at the world through rose-colored glasses. And I don't think that's wrong. I don't know if it's necessarily my responsibility to to look at it in any other way, but I'm wondering how has that shown up in your world in a year where pandemic amongst many trying moments for a country and for a community locally, um, that seems like a burden that had to be uh, hard to carry. It, it, it has absolutely been challenging at times because we do, you know, we do encourage people to, to write into us and share their thoughts with us. And we welcome that. Um, and, you know, as much as we try, you, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna make everybody happy all the time, mm. you know? Um, so it is, it is absolutely a challenge at times, but it is also, I think when, when you can step back and not take criticism personally and try to, hear what some, like, you know, people, like you said, like some people will be like, you don't, you're not hard enough about this, or you're too soft about this. Um, that is, that can be difficult to hear, you know, but if you can, if you can get out of your feelings about it and not take it personally and realize that it's not like somebody's not being like, Brooke, you suck. Um, then, you know, then, then I kind of go, well, like what, what can I, what can I learn from what you're trying to say to me? Whether I agree with, with your feedback about my product or not, you're, you're trying to convey something to me. What can I learn from that exchange and how can I take that and, and help that help me be better? Um, and there's, and some days, some days, <laughs> some days it ain't going to happen, you know? And some days, you know, you, you step away and you're like, wow, I feel like I, I feel like I really learned what this person meant when they said mm. this. Um, so I think, yeah, I think if you, I think to, to be able to get to the point where you can try to figure out what, what the value in that comment is or what you can learn from that and how you can take that and make yourself better, yeah, or make a better product for more people, you know, that, that's what I try to do and sure. I don't, don't always succeed unfortunately but you know yeah i mean that's definitely aspirational and i, I think that that is um it takes reps i mean even if someone did say hey you specifically suck <laughs> to me right like that that seems like a uh that seems like a them problem or that's what you know i, I don't know what's going on in that person's world that that's exactly how they feel or that that is their choice for right now how they want to communicate how they're feeling or what they're thinking um and so i, I imagine not many people are saying you specifically suck <laughs> but uh <laughs> if they did uh there's seemed like there's a lot of uh room to unpack those emotions um anywho i don't think that you suck <laughs> i think that you do an exceptional job uh when when thinking about the growth in AVL today in your time. Uh, and it seems like there are some new initiatives or new efforts. What's, what is happening that's new and exciting? What are you thinking about? Right. We're, we're in April now. So, oh my goodness. Uh, so 2021 is well underway. <laughs> what are you thinking about for this year? Goodness. Um, well, absolutely. Like trying to, I, you know, I think that I'm doing it with our readers, you know, like I'm figuring out how to get back in the world, just like my readers are, yeah. you know, like I got my first COVID vaccine today. Mm. Um, you know, so I think that I think our collective trauma over this last year is so widespread and I see it everywhere and and in so many people that I talk to. Um, and I think that we're all just trying to figure out how to create a new normal because we're never going to go back to what we were. Mm. Um, and we're, I'm thankful. And I know that we all are like, we're moving out of 
this awful sort of hold that we were in, you know, with quarantine and being on lockdown and all this stuff. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out how to, how to emerge back into the world and, and, and keep my fingers on how other people are doing that. And, you know, for things that are going to be interesting for my readers and figure out how to share that with them. Hmm. Cause we don't, you know, we don't make medical advice and we've, you know, we have like text in our newsletter. That's a, you know, when we include our calendar events, you know, like it's up to y'all if y'all feel comfortable going to this in-person event, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so just, I, I think that I feel like I am just trying to, to figure out how to get back out into the world. Um, and I'm excited to, to see what that's going to look like. Um, wow. you know, cause like when I first started working at AVL today before the pandemic, it was, you know, we were always out doing stuff, going places, seeing stuff, uh, being really active in the community yeah. and, First ones to try a new restaurant. First ones to go to the new place. First ones, like it was amazing. It was incredible. It was, and it still is. It's it's incredible that it was the quality stayed exactly where it was through a pandemic. Uh, And so, yeah, I imagine figuring out what what version I'll call it three in your world will look like. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where I am, and I can't believe it's April either. You just just you saying that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I think about the world uh, about thirteen weeks at a time, a qu- quarter at a time, uh, <laughs> and I cannot believe that we're in the second thirteen-week stretch of this year. It really doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. Um, what what about uh, personal? Like where? Uh, what do you, what do you, do you have, so you have a child, right? And you're writing every day against the clock to put something into the world. Uh, when you have time, it sounds like you're drinking some gin. You're, you're, <laughs> if you're not on the YouTube channel, you're, you're keeping, uh, plants alive. What do you do when not writing? Uh, when I'm not writing, I am cooking or eating because I have a tapeworm. And I just, I'm always thinking about my next meal. Always like I'm right now I'm going, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dig into that bag of salt and vinegar chips. Get me some roots hummus. When we're done here, I'm on a grub. Um, so I'm always thinking about food. Um, I'm always hanging out with my two rescue dogs okay. who I love so much. Um, Did you get them locally? I got one of, well, my mama found my one dog at the Walmart in Hickory when she was a puppy and brought her to me. And then my other dog I adopted from brother Wolf. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm always, I'm always around my dogs and I'm always cooking and I'm always eating or I'm out, you know, walking or hacking or biking or doing some active stuff. So I don't just sit around and vibrate with nerves. (laughs) Get that energy out. Heard, heard. Um, I asked this question on most conversations it is uh, a word association you can answer with a single word or uh take the mic and run with it but you have a venn diagram Asheville community what's going on in the middle what do you think about oh wow uh hmm. Uh, i think about food i think about politics i think about the environment um is that yeah. Am I answering this correctly? Okay. Yeah, you're doing great. Okay, you said diagram, and I got kind of nervous because <laughs> I failed algebra in high school. It's the only only subject I ever failed, and so when people give me math things, I start being like, I'm gonna mess this up. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I also think about the the artists. You know, we have mm. just such a ridiculously talented art scene here. So many awesome little independent people doing amazing stuff, making stuff. Uh, that's what I think about. I think it's, it's the, I mean, the, the thing that I love the best about Asheville and this place, uh, in, in the Western North Carolina region is the mountains mm. that just, you know, when I lived in Atlanta and I met my husband before I dragged him back here, I was always like, you know, I can't, I can't stay here forever. Right. Like I have this too much pavement 
at these buildings. I can't deal with it. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, whatever. I'll take you to the mountains one day. I'll get you back. And then he moves here and he's like, I see why you want to be here. It just feels different, you know? And so like, I just feel like I can exhale when I'm at home in the mountains, you know, in a way that I, I can't elsewhere. So if, when it's not the mountains being the primary thing that I love, I love the people, you know, we just have phenomenal people here. And yeah, I feel so lucky to write for them and interact with them and know a lot of them. So yeah, we're just, we just got good people here. Here, here. Mountains and people. Put on a bumper <laughs> sticker. <laughs> I love it. Is there uh, any part of your story that we, we might have scooted past that you would, you would want to just kind of shout out here in the, uh, I call this the cheap seats of the episode. If people made it this far, they care. What, what? have we, yeah, what have we missed? Uh, uh, let's see. I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't get to mention this, but um, I'm a, a lot of my coworkers really love this. I'm a former North Carolina powerlifter. Hey, now. Uh, I have, at, I don't know if I still have nine records, but I am a record holder for powerlifting in the state of North Carolina. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and I love... I love doing active stuff and, and strong arming people and moving furniture. Um, yeah. What a fun <laughs> bit of trivia. You might've added a new segment to the making a natural <laughs> podcast. Uh, do you currently uh, train? Do you, is that a part of your life today? Still, are you lifting um, up heavy things? I, I do. I, I'm not, I haven't competed in a while. Mm. Um, and I want to get back into that, but I have since, since the beginning of this year, I've been, I've started going back to the gym and that's been incredible for my mental health and also good for, you know, my elbow grease efforts around the house sure. and, you know, young and wrangling and, uh, and other things. So, yeah, so I definitely love to throw down in the weight room still. How I'm so glad that I asked <laughs> what else was hanging out there that we hadn't discussed. Thank you. Um, I look forward to chatting with you about that and not on the podcast. I don't know if that's got what kind of legs podcast it has, but this was absolutely <laughs> lovely and wonderful. And, uh, I feel, we feel I'm speaking for Sarah and I, but uh, I feel privileged that we live in a town that has 6am that has, uh, AVL today. Like it's a, it's a, spe it's a particular type of, media it's a particular type of relationship uh and it is doing you know i i always i feel funny when people say you know th thank you to us for this podcast and i'm like i we're not even really like it is it is great i love this and i love that you're thanking me but like we're not even close to what avl today is doing like <laughs> it is just so much work i can't imagine and the the what it brings to the community is very, very real. What it's uh, afforded Sarah and I in our short time here, two years, has been huge, both before pandemic when we were trying new stuff all the time and during a pandemic when we weren't sure what was able to try. <laughs> so thank you uh, for being our inbox friend for as long as we've been here. Aww. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> my pleasure. And I think that what y'all do is phenomenal. Phenomenal.